Welcome everyone to another episode of the Parenting Unknown Podcast. My name is Matt. Thanks again for listening for another week. I'm recording this on January 11th, so that only means that there's eight days now until Trump is removed from office. And if you've kind of been living under a shawl this past week or so, you kind of realize that his followers, his loyal, loyal advocates for for Trump, Pretty much just threw like the biggest sore loser whiny act that you could think of. They actually stormed the Capitol building, entered it, took over the police. I mean, there's some videos where the police are actually letting them in. And I know there's talks about Antifa infiltrating the protesters. There's videos of people from inside the Capitol actually giving, you know, the Trump people or whoever you want to call them that. All that talk aside, nonetheless... Capitol was taking over during the day that they were certifying Joe Biden as president from Congress from the election, from the Electoral College. It didn't go well. There's people that were, sh- there was one person that was shot. A couple of people died. There, I believe there was a police officer who died from the injuries that he had accumulated during the, you know, the riots, which is being called. With eight days left, the big question is what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Where? And when. Also, this past couple of days, which one of the reasons why inspired me to start talking about this right now was that Trump pretty much got banned across the board from Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Spotify. Um, and the most funny of it all is TikTok. And there's been a lot of talks about free speech. People saying that they're trying to muffle, they, you know, tech groups, tech corporations, that they are trying to monitor, shut down our free speech. They're trying to pretty much limit to what goes against their agenda. I believe that a lot of the tech companies are with Democrats and the attack, the attack against Trump was merely the nail in the coffin for what's to come or but in reality, all it is is that when you sign up for these companies, whether it's via Facebook, Instagram, something as your iTunes, do you all get this user agreement? And what you're supposed to do is actually read it, but I'm guilty of it. I'm pretty sure everybody else, nobody really reads it. It's just, yeah, 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 whatever. Let me just enter my program. Leave me alone. Press accept. And there's certain aspects and different of these, these social media platforms where you can't say certain things that will either insult, incite violence, that are threatening, harmful, you know, things like that that are kind of common sense. Like, I can't go out on the street and say, you know, hey, cop, hey, I'm going to kill you. And it's, it's making a threat and then you get put in jail. It's just simple law and order. But the fact that people are whining and saying, like, our free speech is getting attacked. I mean, these companies, they're, pri- they're privately owned. Well, some of them are publicly, you know, shared, but... Most of these companies, it's their own thing. No one's saying you have to be on Facebook. No one's saying 
you have to be on Snapchat or doing your little dance on TikTok and you can't say what you want to say on there. You could say pretty much anything you want to say. But when it comes to making threats or inciting violence or saying, you know, whether gather around point A and we're going to do some things. You just can't do that. And if social media was alive during the lynchings, that would have, that, that would have been a different story. But it's kind of like that. If you could just imagine during the whole Jim Crow era where they were lynching black people in the more south of Texan side, they were lynching Mexican people. Can you imagine if they had the social media platform and what would have been shown, what would have been coming out of, you know, that tool? So this goes against Trump and, you know, this time they kind of just blew everything in. So the talks about freedom of speech has just been constantly building up and building up this past, you know, when did he get banned? Maybe a couple of days ago? So pretty much this past week. When the Constitution was written and our amendments and the First Amendment being free speech, freedom of press, religion, assembly. I don't think it was meant for your social media. Your social media. If it was going to be an attack on there. And they're talking about our God-given rights. We could still go outside. We could still go talk. We could preach on the corners. I mean, so long as we're not, you know, saying let's, you know, let's start marching and burn down Target or, like I said, threatening people in the middle of the street, of course you're going to get arrested. It's just simple law and order. They're not saying you can't, you can still do that. You can still do everything you want. But the fact is these people are complaining over and over about their rights, their freedoms. Like no one's has anything to do with that. But... It's just a boil over what's been happening for the past four years of fights between the left and the right, the educated, uneducated, the followers, people say sheep, whatever you want to call it. It's just a spill over what's what's been happening. So, I mean, what's going to happen this year in 2021, I have no idea, but Biden's coming out saying that, you know, we should get more of a stimulus and there should be an extension of unemployment. So him by saying that, I think they believe that our whole COVID situation is going to go out through the end of this year. I mean, we lost 2020. Most of the stuff we couldn't do. I don't know if people were dying to get their haircuts and their nails, but 2021 kind of looks like it's going to be not as harsh as 2020, but I mean, it has to get things back to normal. Maybe the end of this year. But again, for the reason for this podcast is that all this talk was inspiring me and making me think of, well, what am I going to tell my kids about freedom of speech? How do I interpret the idea of freedom of speech to a child or to a, a preteen? And I mean, I think it's very hard and I could prepare myself and think about all I want to say. But when it comes down to the actual event to where my kid or it's time for me to explain to the kids, you know, what this is. I think I'm going to be all over the place. <laughs> I mean, I think there's so many instances that you could kind of reference and show them and give them examples. But I guess when you're in the moment and it's just you and that parent to kid moment, I kind of have a feeling that I'll fumble a little bit. I'll say this, I'll say that. I mean, that's why I'm going to have my wife because we balance each other out pretty damn good. When I'm high and she's low, you know, we bring each other up to the middle, make sure that we're both good on both ends and then, you know, vice versa. She's my wife. She's my best friend. Love of my life. She, you know, she's everything. That's 
what I would hope a wife or your significant other would be able to do for you. Fortunately for me, that's what my wife does for me. But when this happens, I hope she's there with me so we can kind of both explain and go through what freedom of speech is. Because freedom of speech is the idea of you saying what's on your mind without having the consequences of government interaction. If you go outside and you criticize your government, your government's not going to come arrest you, which other countries in this world, unfortunately, they do. The First Amendment guarantees us to pick our religion safely without having a government interference or be persecuted in that sense. So, but the freedom of speech thing, you know, I kind of want to get my kids across to the point where they're not to say what's on their mind, but when it comes to acts of violence, hate, racism, that's to a point where it's being real, real edgy and gray area. Then as being kids, the only way I could actually explain it to their level is that you can't go to your teacher or to your friend and say, I hate you based upon the color of your skin, or I want to do harm to you because that's totally out of line. With freedom of speech is you're supposed to be able to express yourself into what you want to do. You're going to be able to express yourself in your beliefs and any ideas you may have in your brain, you shouldn't feel oppressed to be quiet and not express yourself. Because growing up in my background in a strict, not classic Mexican because we were Mexican, Classically raised, but with the freedom and rebellious ways of my grandma, I mean, I got off easy in my time with her, opposed to what I heard about my uncles and my aunts, what they went with her from the beatings and couldn't really say a lot of things. They were, they were really more strict. And me, on the other hand, with her, I was more in the loose end, but that doesn't mean I was in the loose end with my uncle, who was the more stricter one. You know, he was the one that we butted heads with, and I constantly fought, made cry, whole nine yards. Did I get along with him? There are a lot of things that I wanted to say, something as simply like expressing what I wanted to do in my life. I would always get sh shut down and being told that, you know, shut up, you're just a kid. What you say doesn't matter. You know, it's shit like that that... Uh, you hear that as a kid, and it damages you. And it starts developing a complex in your head, thinking like, fuck, maybe he's right. Maybe I am nothing. Maybe what I feel, what I think, what I want to do, doesn't really matter. I'm just going to follow in line and get a job for the rest of my life, be unhappy, and just do that. You know, it's a complex, and I know a lot of us may have grown up in that sense where you want to say stuff, and your parents or your elders tell you, you know, to shut up. You're just a kid. What you say is nothing. And that shit you grow up with that I want the complete opposite from my kids. When they come up to me and say, I want to do this, I want to do that, or I want to be, let's say, a scientist or an astronaut, or what's the sun, what's the sky, I don't want them to shut them down or to just crush their like little souls. Because when I was told that, I felt, you know, like my little kid's soul was crushed and like the world was ending. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't only an isolated incident. It occurred many, 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 many times. But when I, my kids come up to me in that, I want to expand on their creativeness. I want to expand on their questions, their wants, their needs, whatever they come up to with and they express themselves. I want them to be express themselves 
verbally. And I don't want them to have to feel that they're being shut down or they can't say things around us. And I know a lot of the old generations, there are certain things you just can't say. There are certain aspects, there are certain things that some sexes can't say in their eyes. Meaning, an example, like a woman can't speak out, especially against the man. It's really shitty, but it's been around. It's, it's happening. In my experience, it's happened in the past where the woman can't say, uh, say things because her place as a woman is either in the house watching the kids, in the kitchen. I mean, we see that now as a society that it's quickly changing around. When you grow up the people that were born in the early 30s, 40s, and so on, that old rhetoric of thinking, it's, it's still passed down, unfortunately. But I want the kids to be, especially with us, to be free and able to what they want to say. And personally, I feel that nothing's worse than when a kid comes to you and asks for help or wants to learn something. I feel like the shittiest thing to do is just shut that down. And honestly, doing that, it's very traumatic. And if I want to get back to what I was talking about, you know, breaking the cycle of, you know, generational abuse. I mean, I clearly have to stop that with me and my kids. It hasn't happened yet where they come and I go, I want the, I, the kid's only four and two. So that level of thinking is not really happening yet. But I just don't want to be that parent to tell my kids to shut up or you don't matter. I mean, I'm not going to say that. I love my kids to death. Like I said, the, the whole generational loop that I've been caught up with my family and I'm, I broke away from, I don't want their teachings to kind of be instilled in me. So when that situation happens, my first instinct is what I've seen and what I've learned. And I think that's one of the hardest things that I've worried about as a parent. Because all the situations that I've been through so far, I've already seen how math that my family handles it. I've already seen how my family reacts to certain of these, you know, kid situations, whether they're crying, yelling at you. And I don't want my first instinct to be what they do or what they did. So there's some, there's times where some of the situations might come up and I really have to take a deep breath and really think on a split second for my own idea, for my own reaction to their actions and not get clumped in what my family did to me or what I see my family do to themselves, my other cousins. That has to stop. And obviously it's gonna. But you know, sometimes we just get caught up and we just do by what we've seen and what we've learned already. So I don't have nobody come to me and tell me like, you know, when your kids come up, you got to treat your kids with respect. I'm seeing that now when you talk to kids, especially if they're two or four. You got to show them respect. Even though they're kids and they're not as the intellectual level as you, respect is a feeling with them that they feel and they'll gravitate to. And if you don't give them that, then you're just going to push them away. Me as a, a father, as a parent, I got to give my kids the respect they deserve. I got to treat their feelings, their inquiries with the respect as much as I can and help them out to the best of my abilities. So when they come up to me and say they want to do this, they want to do that, 
I gotta give them the respect first. I can't treat them as a stupid kid as to what I was treated to. So that loop in that sense has to be broken. And my kids are gonna learn that whatever's on their mind, they can express it with their parents. And I kind of feel that I'm going to probably butt heads with my in-laws in this because I kind of feel like my kids are going to say certain things they might not agree with. And then, yeah, tell, then I'm going to have to step in and be like, you know what? We raise our kids based on it's an open it's an open forum. We have an open door. Whatever's on their mind, they come to us and talk to us and say things. And obviously my kids are not going to be disrespectful and they're not going to be learning about hate or to repeat any racist remarks. And my in-laws are pretty much, they're very, very loose. They're very opinionated. They're very uh, open to certain things. So I don't think I'm going to have any disagreements or any arguments or any anything like that. I prepare myself just in case there is. But I honestly, I hardly doubt it. They know the way I am. They know our style. They know just how we are in general. But I think if it was for my actual, my family family, the one that I don't talk to no more, then I would feel it would just be a big headache, especially when it came to my uncle. If I said certain, even certain things that I say now, I'm pretty sure if I said in front of him, it would be, it would be the worst. He'd either cry or go to my hands and start complaining and it's just a big headache after that. So I'm glad I'm away from that, but certain scenarios that pop up in my head, like what if I was with them and my kids said this in front of them? I mean, because I'm not going to lie, my kids, we listen to rap music. They repeat some of the rap lyrics, and some of those words in those lyrics aren't the nicest ones. I mean, they don't really, they don't say the N-word or anything like that, but, you know, the classic, you know, cuss words, they'll, they'll repeat. And, I mean, there's certain, it's happening with other family members where they'll repeat it in front of them, and... Their kids, they can't listen to that kind of music, so they kind of you have to shut it off. And to me, it's a little bit mind-boggling because you're kind of muting yourself into what you want your kids to hear, like on the radio. It has to be a little bit more clean and everything. But when I hear you say those exact words in different forms in front of the kids, it's kind of like, well... How do you expect me to feel about this? You say you don't want to listen to this type of music because of what they talk about, but those exact same words, you're reformatting them and spitting them out in a different way. So, you know, you know stuff like that is where I kind of like, you know what? My kids are going to listen to whatever they want. And if nobody likes it, oh, well, my kids are going to learn the difference between what's on a lyric, what's on a song to expression. And to not take it too serious to the point where that's what they repeat every single thing and believe that that's the way life is. Sometimes our songs we listen to, they're just songs that get us through the day. And if they have the lyrics that aren't typically agreed upon, guess what? It's a song. You could skip it. You could play it. But I'm not going to skip anything in front of my kids. I'm not going to hide anything away from them. Yes, there's certain... Certain groups, certain metal bands, rap artists, that the level of stuff they say is a little bit too much. 
And that, at that point, I'll agree and be like, all right, you know, change the song. But like something as basic like as Drake or 21 Savage or Wu-Tang. Eh, really? Come on? I mean, come on, really? But just an idea of what I wanted to talk about in this episode. And if it made any sense, cool. If not, you probably never hear this because I'm going to edit everything out and probably just record something new. But main main point across, I got to let my kids know that they're free and open to say what they want in this country. I want to say the world because there's certain things in the world you can't say. But in this country, so long as you're respectful... You don't cause any violence in your words. You don't spit out racism or hate. You could say whatever you want in a respectable tone. And hopefully they listen. Hopefully I can start teaching that now as early as two and four. But I honestly think the real come to with that age is maybe around six. Because like my nephew Lucas, he's around six years old. So he's... He's soaking up more things here and there, and he repeats more stuff here and there. So I think at that age, that's when it really kicks in. But until then, this is just another thought of mine. I have more episodes that I've written out. I've been writing and researching different subjects. This was just an inspirational subject of what's been happening out in the world and how I want to mold it to teach my kids. So thanks again for listening. And bye.